the Denver Sports Podcast coming to you on a beautiful Friday in the Mile High City. We're presented by the good folks at Breckenridge Brewery. Their 32nd birthday is coming up. Go check out that Breckenridge Hoot Nanny. Check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details. We were just there out there at the farmhouse lifting the cup uh actually everything but lifting it but you, you guys get the point it's a it's a lovely place it's a nice place to hang out i've got my man mitchell carroll on the show i before before i give the word to you mitch let me just say how proud and happy i have been with our rapids coverage this year it's just been fantastic to have all this soccer coverage yeah yeah mitch straight up killing it it's been awesome to see the community and the support they've gotten on the pod on the show um i know big things are coming this off season so we had to have mitch on because uh final game in the books and there's a lot to recap on the pids but first off how are you doing on this lovely friday mitch oh i'm great man we uh i'm here down in the dnvr merch office um getting set up for the for the new markets and and ready to talk some pids right and by new markets mitch isn't breaking that we're doing more markets He's oh yeah about yeah, simply yeah. chgo and phnx but lots of great shirts lots of great shirts dmvr serbia back in stock um obviously the what are we calling it i don't want to get the 8-bit spin the 8-bit spin commemorating a great moment from super bowl <laughs> 32 maybe i mean to some it might look like that uh lots of great stuff maybe. coming down the pipe right maybe who are we to say <laughs> others might interpret um so yeah mitch um, let's let's just get right into it for those who maybe haven't been locked into the pids all season like you have uh, we went from being the number one seed in the West last year and a heartbreaker on Thanksgiving Day to not going to make the playoffs, and that's already established before this final regular season game. Yeah, so, I mean, they, you know, obviously it was a disappointing end of the season. Um, they captured that one seed on decision day last year, had a nice run to end the season. And, you know, honestly, it kind of looks like they had a miracle in them again this season. Um, yeah just these 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 little teaser wins down the stretch that were like okay they're back in it right they're what? four points away they got a game in hand this that the other um but then a stretch of six winless uh you know in august kind of just just ended all hope of that um easily the biggest thing this year is injuries um jack price has played just over 1100 minutes out of a possible almost 2900 so we're yeah. talking the captain of the team the engine the set piece taker the mm -hmm. the orchestrator the guy who puts everyone in their spot communicates um he the just has an mvp and, year in year out for like many yes. years in a row now yeah so you know having having that is without a doubt the biggest um miss to me but then you have just stretches here and there um there was a time early in the season where danny wilson center back was missing time with a hamstring loss abubakar was missing time with a hamstring at the same time um even Yar yarborough william yarborough the goalkeeper he was injured with a concussion in that portland game um you know so all these contributors are missing missing time here and there but then to kind of compound that even before the season started you were down ollie laraz and brian galvan in the attack and you were down kato abubakar on the back line to yeah. season ending injuries right so immediately your depth takes a hit and then your top guys are getting hurt and that just compounds and you drop points here and there and it adds up and we even had a discussion on the dnvr rapids pod i want to say in april after a, a draw with charlotte at home you know a team that was a, you know one of the youngest teams in the mls and um we said these points count the same these points you're missing count the same now as they do at the end and yeah. it just caught up to them and you know it was just it was i've said on the pod a few times where if you run the season 100 times you're probably looking at a bottom five outcome this season right like this was mm -hmm. truly bad luck and injuries that you probably just wouldn't get if you ran it a bunch of times but you know you kind of have to to play the hand you're dealt and it was just a, it was a rough season yeah just everything compounded on top of um some pretty big names leaving in the off season and just kind of struggling to fill those holes um 
so yeah i mean stars align the west is also pretty loaded you know i mean that's that's the other thing it's uh we forget how much parody there is in the mls sometimes yeah it's loaded but it's also strange because there's a pack from from about 11 to 6 who mm -hmm. for a spell there were only separated by three points right and it right. was like it could have been anyone's game. People were dropping games all over the place. A lot of strong teams have been bad at home, which is weird. Like LA Galaxy, who who ended the rapid season last weekend with a win over San Jose. They were terrible at home. They were dropping points when they shouldn't. It was just all these little things like that where it's like the car, like the stars were aligning for the rapids to make a run if they could, right? Like the playoffs weren't out of the picture, but between injuries and just bad results being a terrible road team they have one road win this season um they just could not put it together when they needed to at the end yeah yeah just one of those years and uh you know especially if you're not a big budget team those things will catch up to you those margins yep. once they decrease what can you do mm -hmm. what's your biggest uh takeaway as far as what the pids can take from this season going into next year and really build off of sure yeah, to me, it's Diego Rubio. Uh, yeah. He he um, he is just two goals away from tying the single season goal record. Um, he is that means three from from being the the all time leading single season goal scorer for the Rapids. But to me, what you take away is not that he's a goal scorer. We knew that going into the season, but he's not a striker. Right. That's kind of what we right. learned this season. He is a ten. He is an attacking midfielder. He is a distributor. Yes. Um, he leads the team in goals. <laughs> Uh, and assists he is mm -hmm. um, truly the heartbeat of that attack and I think what it does is it sets you up for the offseason in a different way where you can look for a striker if Giassi's artist isn't picked up uh, or re-signed you know you can it really helps you build the team knowing that you found his strongest position mm -hmm. and kind of by accident how often does a veteran like Diego Rubio who's played in the MLS for years change positions this late in his career and find more success than he's really ever had right this is his highest goal scoring season he's had and just by moving back out of that striker position and distributing more he's really found himself and that's been it's been really fun to watch he's been great at home scoring a lot of goals and um you know that is definitely the, the biggest thing the rapids can build on and kind of structure their offseason around yeah if frazier can find any of that stamina um all field total football type team that he had two years ago but still maintain some of this attacking prowess they have found this year this team could really be something else man um and yeah isn't it crazy moving him further away from the goal he's found the goal more than anyone could ever expect i mean he couldn't be more different from Connor Casey, who holds that single season goal record and was just like the right. ultimate box striker, poacher, physical guy. Like he's not going to touch the ball a lot, but when he touches it, he's going to be close to goal and he's going to bang him in to Rubio, who Yaya's compared to like, you know, in position, prime Messi and how he could like move <laughs> back and construct the game, you know, sure. away. Um, that's been really fun to see it's been fun seeing them yeah um work the flanks off of him and zardas finding his way with rubio it's really been exciting to see yeah um, and i mean zardas you bring up he's he's one goal away from double digits as well right and i don't right. think anyone saw you know they're combined right now for i think 32 goal contributions goals and assists combined for those two which wow. is if you told wow. me they had if you told me they had 25 it would have been a great year right yeah. and you're sitting on 32 um so they really struck gold there and does that mean you have to resign giassi i mean i think culturally and locker room wise i think it's good but then you know you um can add a striker right if it's not grc you can add a striker to to really round out that thing so yeah yeah. I hear you. Well, I still want to talk about the final game of this season in a second, but as we look forward to next season, what are some of the expiring contracts to really watch this off season? Sure. Yeah. So, um, expire. I mean, they have a ton. This is kind of the craziest part of this discussion we're going to have and how we're going to talk this off season on the DNVR rapid spot is you have, um, Diego Rubio has an option. I expect that to be a lock. Pick that up. Um, Ali Laraz, who was playing, who had a broken leg, missed the whole season, has a two-year option. You pick that up. That's a young guy with mm -hmm. high upside. Um, Michael Barrios has a Mikey. option. 
Mikey B. Yeah. Um, fast little bulldog, tiny little guy, plays like a cannonball, really. Um, he just had a down year. Um, you know, I think six assists, two goals, something like that. Um, which is not what you want from your starting wingers. Your, I mean, the Rapids wingers have combined. So the top three, which includes Sam Nicholson, and Jonathan Lewis, have combined for nine assists, right? So mm-hmm. clearly not enough, right? Not enough there. Um, you think with nine assists, then you think what could that goal contribution total for Rubio and Zardes be? Because it'd be 40, right? If you right. have more con- right. uh, more contribution from the wings. So um, I don't expect them to pick that up. But again, it all depends on some of the bigger ones, which we'll get to here in a sec. Um, you know, and then you're also thinking Brian Galvan comes back from injury. That's Mikey's place right there too. So, you know, what do you do there? Um, yeah. Lucas Estevez, left back, Felipe Gutierrez, um, who came in on a, on a mid-season loan. Their loans are up um, as soon as decision day hits in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an expensive buy option on Lucas, but he's young. He is great in attack, has some work to do defensively, but great to play from the back. Yeah. Um, plays really well off of Jonathan Lewis. They kind of discovered this inverted run that kind of instead of puts him on the outside all the way on the sideline passing in gets him closer to the outside corner of the 18 yard box and really has, has found some interesting offense here at the end of the season yeah it's expensive but i think it's one of those ones where it's like you would rather the rapid spend the money on him than someone else spends money on him for right? sure you'd rather have that asset versus not um felipe gutierrez who has come in he played with diego rubio in uh kansas city um, had some had a knee injury during COVID, so he went home and is playing for Catolicas in Chile. Um, he has fit in great. He he, um, especially you haven't got a ton of minutes with Price because Price had that chest injury and missed missed time with a collapsed lung, which was really scary. Um, yeah. But the, now that they're back and playing together, you really see how well that could be. So maybe they work out a buy after the fact. Now you don't have to disclose a buy option necessarily. Um, on loans but if they can work something out there you'd like to see that he's veteran um, great with the ball can work set pieces if price misses time or subs out or whatever like that Um, those are the biggest options right there but the biggest one of course is Jossie Zardes Um, he came over from Columbus the end of the first window this season Um, depending on goals minutes how long he re-signs for if he re-signs could turn in from like a $350,000 deal to about a million if all mm-hmm. the things are hit. Unlikely that they all hit, but, um, you know, it's tough to not resign a double digits goal scorer who fits in in the locker room, who the front office loves, who the coaching staff loves, who is a, you know, a name from the U.S. men's national team. Um, I would be surprised if they don't work out a deal. Mm. Lots of moves to make, but that's the MLS for you. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It's almost like a college team with the amount of turnover you can get yes. year to year. And they're it's also, yeah, go ahead, Mitch. Well, they're just sitting on a ton of general allocation money they, um, between the Mark Anthony K trade um, between they, they've just built up this stockpile of money. There really isn't an MLS deal. They can't afford this off season in terms mm-hmm. of how much general allocation money, which we could do a whole podcast on how, rosters are structured and transfer money is structured in the MLS it's so different from the rest of the world in terms of how how deals are done but basically they have enough money to make whatever deal happen they want to make in terms of trades or anything like that so um, a, another interesting wrinkle in terms of re-signing guys is they could also just dip into their gam pool and go get a guy right which makes this really intriguing hard to say I mean it's still very early but what areas do you think they might address with some outside transfers trades what have you so we've been on the center back uh uh, train right now um look danny wilson is a a good mls center back wallace abubakar is a good mls center back but they're both on the other side of their career arc Mm. um and wilson specifically definitely has lost a at least a half step this this season um had a bad hamstring injury and then just never caught back up um a lot of mental mistakes like oh I mean, I don't, I can't put a number on it, but probably at least 10 to 15 goals have come directly from just mental errors from that center back position this season. Um, It's, it's the position you can get younger at. It's the position you can get more athletic at the easiest, right? There's with the least path of resistance to improving. Um, And, you know, I know that Robin Frazier loves his guys. He was a all MLS, you know, defender center back himself. So, um, you know, it depends on, 
does he want to keep those two around or does he want to improve? But I do think that that is the position I think you can make the quickest impact at with a big name move. And finally, young guys, Preso, Torre, we saw some some nice stuff from them. Who else is coming down the pipe? I mean, this has been a nice uh, developmental system. We hope to see Sam Vines in the World Cup in a few months. Um, you know, others have made the jump. Who, who, are, who are we looking forward to here? Yeah, so obviously Ralph Preso came over in the Mark Anthony K trade. He was the, the, the prize of the Toronto FC Academy system. Um, we haven't seen a ton of him, but he is a bulldog. He's definitely someone you hope can, can turn minutes next season. Yaya Toure was really broke into the, um, into the rotation recently. Um, and then tears his ACL. Um, so he'll be, he'll probably miss all of next season with that, but he looks great on the wing. So, um, those two are definitely the two now, Darren Yappy has played about, 90 minutes this season total as a as a kind of last option striker on the bench but he's 6-1 totally athletic uh, has pace uh, can jump um and he's 17 years old he turns 18 in november so he is he's a guy that has the trajectory of mls starter even potential european jump at some point um he's really interesting to watch just physically speaking he could he could go be a target guy for a champion you know english championship team or something like that Mm -hmm. um definitely interesting the other guy i think is really interesting and i've talked to a lot of people over at uh, the rapids about this guy is robinson aguirre he is an el salvadorian Mm -hmm. he turns 18 in november as well um midfielder creative great with the ball at his feet um could kind of fit into any position in that midfield probably won't play back defensively as much but um he he has the goods for sure um very interesting prospect and is getting time on a national level that is definitely going to help development maybe not necessarily more than rapids two but is is something to add to development that rapids two can't offer in terms of of competition level um talent around him um so so that's a guy to look out for and then the last guy would be there's a guy down on rapids two um yasuka hanya he has been he plays on the wing and you know he he's had a okay to good season for rapids too but the rapids have been so terrible on the wing at the senior team level that it might be worth bringing him up but Whoa. for the most part agire and yappy those are the two young guys to look out for and ollie laras too coming back from that broken leg yeah i i love hearing that i love how much we have to look forward to in this off season Thank you, Mitch. Some great stuff. Um, and let's close this out with uh, some MLS picks. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the proud sponsors of this here podcast. And Mitch is always on it with the MLS bets. So uh, Rapids bet and who wins it all? What's the what's the smart bet here on an MLS Rap- future? Rapids bet for this weekend, the home finale before going to um, Austin the week after. I like Diego Rubio, first goal scorer, plus 450. Mm. Give me those odds, man. He is on a mission. He wants that club record. Um, I think it's kind of the last thing to play for for this team is getting him that. that, That's kind of the last flower in the cap this season. So um, that's the goal I like there. And then um, odds aren't huge. I'm going to give you an, uh, a low odds and then a kind of a long shot for the, for winning the cup um, Philadelphia union plus 300 to win. Um, they actually just broke the top 100 yes. in, Love this. in 538s uh, world club rankings. It is the first MLS team to do so. Wow. They are ranked ahead of two teams in the premier league right now in Nottingham forest and Bournemouth. Um, they Jeez. are really, really good. They yeah. are, they are really, really strong team. Um, no real big headliners, just quality at every position. Um, so they just outscored. They just went on a six game stretch where they outscored or five game stretch. Sorry, where they outscored teams 23 to two. I think it was an MLS record there. Um, they are as in form as any team can be. So I like them at plus 300 to win the whole thing. If you want to place a longer shot to win Austin FC led by Sebastian Drusi. Mm who is right in that MVP conversation there at plus 1400 to win. So that would be my other one there. At that. Love that Philadelphia pick. I mean, love everything you said right there. And all those (laughs) bets, place that DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. 
make those picks. I'll have you guys covered on bets today with Ryan. We'll have you covered on all the Sunday morning NFL bets. Um, I know we'll, we'll get some world cup stuff going on here soon enough right now on the NFL. You can bet just $5 as a new user on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets. Um, and they have the stepped up same game parlay. I made mine on Thursday night football. It didn't hit, got my money back. Cause that's how the homies at DraftKings Sportsbook rock. They're just the best man. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code DMVR and get that $200 in free bets. If your team wins, when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Mitch and I recently were able to take advantage of game time tickets. They are also dope. Um, it's just a great way to go see Denver sports live right now. PIDs, obviously, final game. Rockies, if you're in California, you can catch them. Buffs, Rams. Teams might not be great, but college football here locally is always the best. Deals well, on only three Broncos. weeks from the NBA and the NHL, baby. We got I mean, we got games coming up. It's just incredible game time. They specialize in giving you the best deals, especially on last minute tickets. If you love DMVR, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this here pod. Join over. 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. They were created by the fans for the fans. They guarantee the lowest price. Their customer care is amazing. Uh, they're just a the whole package, man. They're the best Mitch. You are the best up the pids and uh, can't the pids. Can't wait to see what you guys have in store for the off season for us. The Denver Sports Podcast presented by the good folks at Breckenridge Brewery. Check out their hoot nanny in October. My guy, Patrick Lyons on here. Patrick, great, great stuff from DNVR Rockies this year. I've loved your coverage. I've loved what you've done. The pod, the written stuff, um, the travel content you've been able to do. Sue's on the social. Love you guys together on the pod. Just a great season. It's great to have you on. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you for appreciate the the compliments there. I, I, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's bittersweet end of the season, uh, but as you mentioned, you know uh, when you when you plan for things, you plan to be successful in the off season and have these goals to hit all these marks in six months, and uh, it, it makes it all the more easier to uh, to kind of do that and to, and to up the coverage like I think we did this last year. So uh, I appreciate the kind words. Well, what the heck is going on with this team you're covering? Because I've loved the coverage. I haven't loved the team you're covering. What's what's going on with these Rockies? We couldn't even hit 69 and a half wins. Damn it all. I'm going to, or 68 and a half, not even hunt for 69. What went wrong? That seemed like such an easy number in the offseason once they added Chris Bryant. We still felt decent about the pitching. And here we are, this final Californian road trip. We almost certainly will not get it. Actually, we've all given up hope, the logical ones of us. Well, they, they don't listen to us in the press box. <laughs> they do we, not. We, got our <laughs> we, we see things maybe that they don't uh, or maybe things that they may not want to see up there in the, in the front office. But uh, you, you kind of pinpointed you know, some of those things as far as what went wrong. I, I think – you know, probably the first thing on the list, I, I don't think it was any one thing. I think I think it, it was a few things that kind of came together to, to contribute to it. But obviously not having Chris Bryant for 120 yeah. games. I mean, he only played 42 games this year, ended up hitting five home runs, all of them on the road. So crazy. Uh, they pay $182 million, right, in, in March for Chris Bryant. And uh, we're going to have to wait until 2023 until he hits one on the corner of 20th and Blake, which is is wild to think about GM Bill Smith, uh, Bill Schmidt, uh, had, had said that he's uh, an aircraft carrier and it, it just stood out as such an interesting quote. And in the days that have gone by since then, I've kind of reflected about how baseball is not a sport where you need one gigantic piece of equipment, <laughs> uh, artillery, uh, to, to win. You, you need a whole fleet of yeah. planes, not just one aircraft carrier. Uh, so I think them, you know, putting a lot of eggs in that basket, 
was uh, was was a big mistake and, and an obvious disappointment for the team to to not get anything out out of him. And because of that, right. immediately the lack of depth is is exposed from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Schmidt mm-hmm. did, did admit that over the weekend that you know they had to do a much better job with depth. Uh, Albuquerque in, down in AAA. You know, did a did a much better job, and there were some you know guys that were there that were okay, but they're more you know short term pieces. Uh, but double A and lower is where the depth is. They they're just kind of waiting for them to, yeah. come, which is partially a problem. You, you shouldn't be waiting. You should need to have a plan yep. Uh, yep. and get that in place. And I think we saw that that plan this year uh, was not great. And the pitching too. You also have to to kind of point out that the pitching was uh, a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as you were saying, the hunt for 69, it seemed like a lock. When that line came out at 68 right. and a half, you go, well, you know, anytime you, anytime you say over, it feels good. It feels like positive, like, whoa, hey, they're better than we thought. But, but the better is 68 and a half wins. Like, let's not get ourselves right. not right. very good. Right. But last year, they were able to win 74 with largely the same team. You know, you, you about Trevor Story for Chris Bryant. Okay, fine. You swap out John Gray for you know a, a Chad Cool, and uh, you you add a couple rotation pieces, and you also even get a shortstop in Jose Iglesias. So you have enough to say this is basically the same team. So they should not have any problem winning greater than sixty-eight and a half. They'll probably win exactly seventy-four. Just run it back, right? And here we are. That's that's not the case. And the pitching was kind of been a, a disappointment with Freeland and, and Marquez kind of stagnating. Mm-hmm. You had injuries to the bullpen that were really bad and again once you have those injuries you need to have the depth and the Rockies just did not have the depth this year yeah um just that combination of the pipeline wasn't ready to sustain that depth lack and the moves that were made in the offseason and the losses um they suffered they just their plan to replace them didn't quite work out um what is your biggest takeaway though from this year you know what maybe from this season can get you excited going into the next one? The most, I think, common answer that probably a lot of Rockies fans or a lot of people who cover the team have have discussed is, is the young players. And yeah. there, there's more to yeah. it than that, right? First off, you're saying, hey, you got some of these young guys coming up. We've we've seen it in the past, you know, from 2019 up through through 2021, those three years, there were young players who came up, but they didn't excite you. They weren't mm-hmm. that enticing. They weren't maybe game changers to think, you know what, this guy will definitely be around for six to seven years of, of club control. Right. He will contribute. Maybe you get an all-star appearance out of this guy. That wasn't the case. I really think in the last three years, it's one of the reasons why the Rockies have had one of the worst farm systems in all of baseball. But this crop that they have is much better than that. Um, namely Michael Tolia at first base playing a little bit of right field, which is, kind of interesting the symmetry Todd Helton started out as a corner outfielder when he mm-hmm. came up to the Rockies because you had Andres Galarraga there yeah. uh, now the Rockies have CJ Crone not quite the big cat he's <laughs> yeah. the big dude he's not the big cat yeah. I think eventually we'll see Tolia uh, as a first baseman very much can be a, a gold glove caliber type first baseman he's just got amazing instincts great baseball IQ uh, I kind of decorate him as being a little aggressive defensively where, you know, he trusts his arms and, you know, on a play where you say, you know, just get the one out. He's going for the double play. Uh, and he's been really enticing. Just wrote about him uh, over on DNVR Rockies at the DNVR.com. You can read more about that. And then Ezekiel Tovar, 21 years old, the youngest yeah. position player in franchise history. So exciting. Sees two pitches, records two hits, never been done in Rockies history before. So, uh, steps up to the plate in, in a major way uh, with the spotlight on him. 48,000 sold out crowd on that final Friday of, uh, of the homestand at Coors Field. So uh, he's a guy that looks to be uh, in the same line as the Tulowitzki and, and Trevor Story. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, he, if, if the bat can come to fruition. The glove is really where uh, he's going to make his mark. But it's not even just that we see these two guys come up and debut it's really that the Rockies have kind of been a bit more aggressive down in the minors with their promotion of players. Mm. So in the past, you know, every year you're going to be at a different level and you just got to wait. And then guys get to the majors, 24, 25, sometimes 26 years old. And, you know, it is what it is. 
but they maybe need to be a little bit more challenged. Uh, they, they can't stagnate at a certain level, and that hasn't been the case. I mean, Tovar is a guy who started at low A last year and is now in the major. So basically anybody right now, right. Uh, California League team that had the best record uh, th this past year on the Fresno Grizzlies, any of those guys are in play to potentially debut next year for the Rockies. Zach Veen, a guy who uh, is, is going to be playing in the Arizona Fall League in October and, and the first part of November, and he's a guy that probably wouldn't have gotten that opportunity until next year at the earliest. He's getting that opportunity now. Same thing with the Braxton Fulford, a nice little catching prospect. So the, they're, they're moving through the minor league system a little bit more aggressively to get to the majors mm -hmm. uh, a little bit quicker. And it gives you, gives you that hope that um, you know, maybe the Rockies can really capitalize on one of these young guys who becomes a superstar at a really young age. You can't be a superstar at a young age if you're still down in double A yeah. at 21, 22 years old. So they're giving those opportunities. I feel like that is the biggest takeaway here uh, in the final month of the season for the Rockies. That's really fascinating. And maybe, you know, for a franchise that's been a bit reluctant to jump in full-fledged to a rebuild, that's kind of a way you to, to compromise. It's a healthy compromise, right? We're still going to draft and develop and give these guys as many chances as we can and not put you know take the the training wheels off if if we feel it's appropriate but without having to go into the rebuild that that feels like a slightly healthier compromise than what we've seen from the Rockies the past few years so do you worry at all that development might be stunted or are you uh, a seam head like you do you embrace this kind of approach you know, I, I absolutely embrace it. I think I think the players that they have utilized this approach with have been the right guys. It's it's not just hey, we're going to challenge you just to challenge you. It's to say no, you're you're ready. Like we we can we we've identified that you're not going to get quite as much at this level. I mean, they did it a couple years ago with Alan Trejo, who we're seeing now at the major league yeah. level, and uh, who's who's not quite a rookie because of a technicality, but he's one of those young players who's been kind of interesting. He's uh, you know he'll learn the outfield next year in spring training, so he'll kind of be uh, Garrett Hampson 2.0, maybe with a little bit less speed, a little bit more pop, but he skipped low A because they, they identified, you know, he wasn't going to be challenged and they were absolutely right. And so all of the guys that we're seeing advance, you know, quicker than normal, Tolia, Zach Veen, Hunter Goodman, who had 34 home runs, most uh, in the entire wow. organization started at low A finished up at double A. I mean, the dude's an absolute unit can do a backflip, you know, can catch a little bit of oh, some first base. He's, he's super interesting. Uh, Joe Rock, he skipped low A, a guy that they just drafted uh, last year. Uh, and, and I think even I uh, got to double A Hartford. So uh, they're doing it with the right guys. Uh, and you don't necessarily need to see the numbers there before you promote a guy. But I think when the numbers are there and, and there's a right. to support, they're going to be okay. They go up like a warming Bernabelle. You saw uh, play Spokane during the second half. So that I think is it. They've been doing it the right way. Like I, that was a, that's a great question to say. You can't just do it to do it. Right. It's, it's got to be it's got to be done right. And so far, every time that they've pulled that trigger, uh, it's absolutely been right. Oh man, that warms my heart. That I truly love to hear. Um, and so let's let's jump into this off season. Who are the expiring contracts to watch for, and what's kind of in your mind the path forward, the strategy going to be going into this off season? Well, the Rockies need more than just a Band-Aid. Mm. Chris Bryant, you know, you, you look at him as somewhat of a Band-Aid and, and, and somewhat of a cure-all to a degree, especially if you're spending close to $200 million. Uh, and again, he was hurt, so we don't necessarily know what would have happened if he was there. Obviously, there's what he provides on the field. Uh, you know, that, that's going to add maybe four more wins uh, in that column. Uh, but there's also what happens, you know, around him to the rest of the lineup now seeing better pitches uh runners in scoring position etc cetera, etc cetera. so maybe you even eke out two more wins but ultimately it's going to be some time i think until you know we see the rockies back to you know what they had in 2017 yeah. 18 i think it's it's on the horizon um but i don't know that there's enough that they can necessarily do this off season as far as free agents go there's nobody you know, as big as, as, you know, what we've seen in the last few years after the 2018 season, you had DJ LeMahieu, Carlos right, Gonzalez, and right. that was, that, he was on his way out anyway, as far as a ball player was concerned and Adam Adovino. So a really, really solid crop, even Gerardo Parra. 
um, last year with, with Trevor Story and, and John Gray. This year, uh, nobody too integral to uh, their future plans. The guy that, that will be a free agent, I think that they may miss the most, and I think that they will very much try to be in on this offseason. We'll see how high his price can go is Carlos Estevez. Mm-hmm. Now, again, he's he's a guy that's a seventh, eighth yeah. guy. You know, he has a little bit of experience as a closer in the past. Uh, actually did it in 2016 as a rookie to great effect. But he's not a guy you think of as being this world beater. But I would I would not be surprised if there are 15, 20 teams out there in MLB that aren't going to be at least kicking the tires on a Carlos Estevez. I think yeah. he's going to fare pretty well in free agency. I've, I've had a few people – even, you know, mention that three years, $20 million might be, you know, where uh, his market will be, which if you pay him that, he's actually getting paid more than Daniel Bard, not annually, but overall. And so is that a look that the Rockies are maybe concerned about? We know that they are very much concerned about how they look. PR is, is a huge part hmm. uh, of their business plan. And so that might be something. And also, you know, his, his market might just get too big for them. And they right. say, we right. got to be out. We got to get some cheaper options like they did with an Alex Colome, who's a free agent. Maybe he's back. Jose Iglesias, shortstop, uh, is a free agent, more than likely will not be back with Tovar there at, at shortstop. Chad Love Green, Jose Urania, two starting pitchers, free agents on their way out. They may want to re-sign one of them. They did talk at the trade deadline about maybe wanting to bring both of those guys back. I'm not sure how much. You know, that was them just, you know, putting up a wall and putting on a mask of like, hey, we're not going to just trade these guys away for nothing. Well, don't worry, your mask worked. You ended up getting nothing for them. So <laughs> those guys very well could end up leaving the organization. You know, I, I, I think pitching is probably the biggest area that they need. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Schmidt also identified, you know, leadoff hitter in general. I think that's more of a helpful spot. We're seeing Jonathan Daza bat leadoff. I think you can, you know, mix and match enough with a guy who's probably not a prototypical leadoff hitter right. that you would say, ah, shoot, you'd like a guy with a 350, 360, 370 of course. percentage off would be ideal, but I don't know that you necessarily need to overpay for something like that. They definitely need a little bit more power. Uh, by a little bit, I mean a lot more power <laughs> uh, in their lineup. Uh, I think they're at, what, 41, 42 home runs on the road this year, so it'll be the least amount that they've ever hit on the road in a season. Crazy. Um, so they need that power. They probably could use another, you know, corner outfielder. Really, you've got Chris Bryant as the only guy you really want to, you know, pen in and, and, and chisel into uh, to stone that you know he's going to be out there. Probably Jonathan Daza in center field, but otherwise, Charlie Blackman's got uh, one year left on his deal. Uh, this year, he was typically used as you know a designated hitter. Maybe Tolia's in right field, but still, at the end of the day, you just need a lot more power. So uh, those are the areas that they need to target most. And they still, you know, need some pitching. Uh, I think the Rockies basically need to make a significant trade, at least one significant trade. You have to give some to get some. We know Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, we we saw that at least in March, you know, when they traded Ryan Maltapia and a prospect. I thought that was very promising, uh, giving up a, a guy who had led the Dominican Summer League in batting average last year. So still has a long way to go. But you give up a future chip that you go, hey, this you might regret this going forward, but you, you can't live in that world. You, know? right, you can't right. necessarily worry about that. So uh, what, what they really need, the, the medicine that they need is is the trade that they made in January of 2016. They got Jake McGee and Herman Marquez. And you got a starting pitcher. You got a guy that ended up being your closer and was good for a couple years there. That's what they need. But you got to give up something. Rockies gave up right. Corey Dickerson in that deal, yeah. who was still a, a really talented big leaguer. So, you know, they got to figure out. They've got a lot of infielders right now. So are you trading uh, El Harris Montero? Are you looking to deal him? Uh, I've, I've even heard it whispered, and this is the first time I'm saying this out there, Brendan Rogers' name whispered mm. as like, well, he would – maybe that would be interesting. Uh-huh. I wonder what you could get. That's yeah, right. That. Right. But what you could get you know mcmahon plays second yeah. base montero's over at third base now maybe you got yourself a number three number four starter if he fits in a uh, couple guys in the bullpen so uh they've got a lot of different areas that they need to fill because i think they've got okay options right now but they've had just okay for the last three maybe even three and a half four years uh that they've been out of the postseason and that's not working so they need much better than that i just don't know if they can do that in one off season mm. 
yeah, maybe one of those where you got to take another slight step back before you can finally take a step forward, even in 2024. Um, what I'm getting out of this is all options are on the table. Expect just about anything. And uh, the more aggressive you can be, the better you can be. And I'm excited for this new approach with uh, and what's coming down the pipeline. So aside from the pitching, we'll, we'll worried about the, the farm system on the on the pitching side, but he is Patrick Lyons. He covers this team from all angles. He's got the historical data, all the info on the prospects. He'll tell you how PR matters to this franchise. 360 degree Rockies coverage from our guy. Love again, what you and Susie have done all season. Thanks, Patty. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Dre. Love it. Yeah, man. And um, you are a big, you know, big, big health guy. You, you take care of yourself. And I know you and Suze were the, the first to be on that liquid death train. And, uh, you know, it's called liquid death because their mission is that they will murder your thirst. And, uh, you know, they have a big mission to, to use those recyclable cans Eliminate all those little plastic bottles that you see. Get in on Liquid Death. Their cans look awesome. Um, Mountain Spring Water from the Alps. It's available and still sparkling and in three flavors. Uh, you know, you can get Liquid Death at your local Safeway, 7-Eleven, King Supers, Stinkers, which is a new one to me, or Alta, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash dnvr that's liquiddeath.com slash dnvr and uh if like patrick you'll be watching these final games of the rockies season there's no better place to do it with the new go of denver sports evaca tv where abs and nuggets are not blacked out rockies are available to you they just have you taken care of at the best price in uh in television right now easy to use they're the best they support us you want to watch that Nuggets serbia documentary that should be coming soon they um they have just been an incredible partner frankly um and at only 25 dollars a month plus a five dollar receiver fee right now you can get colorado sports um and get that ten dollars off per month for your first three months to score that deal go to evoca.tv slash colorado 10 that's e-v-o-c-a dot tv slash colorado and the number 10 no contracts no catches evoca tv is made for champions of the remote the denver sports podcast back for the final segment presented by the good folks at breck brew their hoot nanny, um, my guy Jake Schwanitz. Rams are mercifully off this week, but Jake, your the Buffs you cover, uh, still still playing right now. How how you doing, man? It's been a uh, quite the beginning of the season there. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's uh, it's actually been fun despite the uh, the scoreboard and what's showed up on the field the past four weeks. Uh, I've been having fun with it. I've been enjoying it. We get a buy next week, so mercifully we will uh you know, you take a break <laughs> <laughs> yeah man and it's this arizona team that was i mean the last few years the one automatic win for the buffs on the schedule and but in the pac-12 south and now it kind of seems like in the blink of an eye um that whole situation has flipped on its head and it's actually arizona who might be feeling like this is a their most winnable game of the season and um yeah what are you expecting this saturday it's tough to say um but going back to that point you just made i mean last year in this game the buffs were six point favorites this week they're 17.5 point underdogs that's a 23 and a half point swing in less than 12 months wow against arizona though i i it's it's tough to say this is probably the best uh total package in terms of quarterback and pass catcher at the buffs have faced so far and Jaden Delora and Jacob Cowing. So right. they're really going to get tested in terms of the pass defense, something that really hasn't happened. It's been more on the run side for the buffs to this point. Mm -hmm. 
So who really knows? I mean, it's a 17 and a half point line. I don't know if we're going to see very much uh, improvement and we're seeing a lot of freshmen out there. So I think it could actually be ugly again, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And you talked about it. I mean, that is an insane switch. That's a, I love that stat, the spread differential in a 12 month period. Um, I'd actually love to see how many others even come close to that kind of divergence from one year to another. What is it that Arizona's done that maybe the buffs could take a little, um, you know, from and really change this thing around? Sure. So obviously the transfer portal was very uh, brutal on the buffs over the winter. They lost a lot of players, especially on defense. And Arizona kind of did the opposite. They brought in two guys that have honestly changed the trajectory of this program and Jaden Delore and Jacob Cowing. Uh, the fact that they're able to actually rely on them offensively. And they, as I mentioned before, they're one of the most electric, if not the most electric passing duo in this conference right now. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just take those notes from there. I mean, you got to, you got to take advantage of the transfer portal to your advantage this mm-hmm. season and you can't mm-hmm. just let this transfer portal pick your team apart as it did last year oh man yeah those are some great points right there but it is nice that in college football as quick as the downfall can be um and this hasn't felt quick at all it felt it's felt like 20 plus years of rough for the buffs um you <laughs> yeah. can change things around pretty quickly So I'm going to go a little rapid fire with you on some questions to kind of, you know, get caught up on these buffs. What is the best Mm -hmm. case scenario for, for this football team, the rest of the way? Best case scenario is freshman Owen McCown comes out and just balls out. Um, He wins a few games in October. I know we'll get to that at some point. I'll tell you which teams, but that's probably the best case trajectory. Uh, Some of these freshmen come along also on the running back side at Hankerson and Offerdahl. Maybe you see uh, some guys like Jordan Tyson, freshman again at wide receiver, come along too. I think that's what you're banking on. You got a lot of freshmen and sophomore playing. You just need to see improvement from those guys. You need you need a foundation at this point, which is something I don't really think Colorado has. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you just got to bank on the future at this point and go all in on it. What's the most winnable game on the schedule remaining? So most winnable game at this point, it looks like it's going to be October 29th uh, with Arizona State. That's probably going to be Colorado's best chance. They're coming to Folsom. So you get the team on the road. They've already fired their head coach. They're in complete turmoil. They're getting blown out. Not as bad as the Buffs have been to this point, but they've been getting blown out quite badly to this point. California on October 15th is another one that you could watch out for. I mean, this is a team – they just took it to Arizona, though. Uh, it's really mm-hmm. something we haven't seen from Cal so far. They were yeah. kind of lackluster in the first three games. Last week against Arizona, though, 49 points. They had a freshman running back, Jaden Ott, go for like 270 yards. <laughs> oh, great. So, with, yeah. Just with the Buffs front defense. Oh, please. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we should expect them to be dogs the rest of the way. It's It's been uh, it's been something else. Um I mean, you touched on it with the freshmen, but I guess the other question I have is what makes you most optimistic about the program going forward? Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah, like you said, the freshmen, but Owen McCown, they have a quarterback. I mean, with all the, it's crazy with all the turmoil and everything going on with this team, they actually have a quarterback, right? Right. It's just the working parts around him are just not really moving at all at this point. Um, So I think that's the most optimistic thing, just seeing Owen McCown's growth these next few weeks. If he can grow as a passer, as a quarterback, as a leader, um, a lot of things are going to have to, you know, improve over the off season in terms of his physicality, meaning his body, his size, yeah. his arm strength. Right. But you can see a lot of that progression in the mental part of his game and just the the leadership ability of Owen McCown these next few weeks. And I think that's the thing uh, for the remainder of the year that you really got to bank on. Uh, are there on campus, is there any concern that he might be too good and the transfer portal starts a column? We the media's already started that talk in yeah. the scrum before practices and stuff, man. It's a it's a tricky situation. As I mentioned with his size, though, I think that that's one thing. Other teams are going to see that and wonder if he's actually going to be big enough. I mean, if you talk about a step up in competition, if you have a hundred and seventy pound quarterback in 
I mean, this is just talking talking hypothetical, but in the Big Ten or the SEC, they get crushed. So yeah. maybe that's something that plays to their advantage. Um, it's 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 just a bad situation. <laughs> you do wonder how much size is still like I didn't realize how small Bryce Young is. Bryce Young should be in yeah. the 185 pound range, um, mm-hmm. which isn't it really puts like Owen in perspective for you, but. Like I don't even think he's 185, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's I mean, he's probably like a buck sixty-nine soaking wet. Like is he in the 170s quite yet? Um I maybe the one thing I will tell you, he was definitely taller than me, and I stand like 5'10, 5'11 in shoes on a good day. So he's definitely taller than me. He just gotta pack on some weight. So you heard it here first. Uh Owen McCown (laughs) bigger than Bryce Young, at least taller than Bryce Young. I think you are like Bryce Young's height, too. Um Wow. Okay. And then um, the two toughest questions of all, Jake. So kind of putting you on the spot here, but uh, what conferences see you in in five years? Man, such a good question. Um, The Pac-12, there's still a lot of smoke coming out of the Pac-12 in terms of Oregon wanting out. Um, But then the Pac-12 was fired back a couple weeks ago saying if anyone else was going to leave, they would have already left. Mm. Tough to say. Um, we there was those rumors about the Big Twelve wanting the two Arizona teams, Utah and Colorado. So I think that option is still something you have to take into consideration. I just think the Pac-12 is going to collapse at some point. I think yeah. Oregon and Washington inevitably leave, um, and then when you're left without an Oregon, without a Washington, without a USC, without a UCLA, I think that's what the death of the Pac-12 looks like. And then at that point, you take the lifeline of the Big Twelve. So I would. If I had to put money on it, I'd say the Big 12 in five years is where Colorado is. Mm. Interesting. And then um, who's CU's head coach next year? Another great question, man. Um, Troy Calhoun, the Air Force head coach, has interviewed for this job before. Um, everyone's going to s- throw out Eric Bieniemy. It just doesn't seem like that's sure. going to be something that happens for this university. Um, but I think... I don't really have a name for you, but what I would say is you got to get someone who has experience, who has legit power five experience, maybe experience turning around a program. You think of someone like Jim McElwain, what he did at Colorado state, what he did at Florida before he got fired. I think he's at central Michigan or Eastern Michigan right now, Yep. but you got to get a guy like that, a guy that has proven that they can turn around a program. Uh, Someone like Brady Hoke, you know what I mean? Right. So that's, I think, what you got to look out for. Uh, it's a tough situation with the money, though, too. So we'll see what the school does uh, once this year is all said and done. But we're already kind of in, it's not going to be Carl Durrell range. I would be very surprised. You know, I'll give you this, too. I mean, Colorado's gotten blown out these last four weeks. And as I mentioned, yeah. I have a bye coming up next week. If it gets ugly this weekend against Arizona, I mean, the spread's 17 and a half, but if they lose by like 30 or more again, I think with this bye week coming up, there might be a chance that Colorado actually bites the bullet and makes the change here. Yeah, when you were talking about that Arizona State game and how they've already fired their head coach, I was wondering like, man, will we'll see you have, uh, still have yeah. Carl Durrell on the sideline by October 29th? Oof. Oh, man. Well, it's... Uh, we're looking forward to Owen McCown, and we are certainly looking forward to yes. your coverage, Jake. I really appreciate this. Jake Schwanitz, check him out. Just phenomenal work. It's been awesome having him on the team, DNVR Buffs, and, of course, the Schwan man on Twitter under his own name. Follow all his stuff, the pod, the articles. It's all great. Thank you, Jake. Go Buffs this Saturday. You're, you're the man, Drake. Go Buffs. <laughs>